It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted green jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code TBPN. That's TBPN. Make sure you use TBPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Luke, do you like the Masters? Yeah, you know, I like Masters. I love Masters. <laughs> it's always on my birthday, and it is like my literally my, my favorite sporting event of the year. I wish I could be there. So, uh, listeners, it's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning, then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. And we're not saying that you can't hit the course of the pros. Like, maybe you can, but, you know, just in case you can't. This, maybe you're this, a golf pro. Uh, this offer is available to golf pros. Actually, probably not. That probably would be illegal. <laughs> um, download the DraftKings app now and use TBPN. During sign-up this week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code TBPN. And you can win a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility required. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? What's good, Jay Gill? Uh, Luke, mm. we've gone legit. Tell the people. I think I just told them. <laughs> we're, we're very excited to share with all of you. We've officially joined the Basketball Podcast Network. Uh, we're really thankful. TBPN. Use promo code TBP. Uh, we are so thankful to all of our listeners. Uh, without you, this would not have been possible. We're really excited to continue to grow the pod, turn this thing into a little bit more of a legit operation um, featuring our, our buddies at TBPN. Um, so we're going to continue to grow this. We have some exciting plans for the new uh you know, kind of. This is this is this is our All Star break. I guess we have emerged from the All Star break, refreshed and ready to go. Um, and uh, we're excited to connect with all of you in some new ways. So stay tuned and uh, make sure that you subscribe to the pod on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your pods. And if you're enjoying the pod, please share it with your friends and throw us a comment. It's still the best way for us to grow. And check us out on social media. We're a lot more active on there. LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. That's where you can find Thank it. you, Luke. So, Luke, today's episode is going to be a little different. Uh, it's going to be the great Andre Drummond debate. Uh, but first, let's start the way we always do with a little bit of in or out. Let's do it. So, Luke, it happened. In or out. Signing Andre Drummond. In. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, in. Me too. I just want to be very clear. Yeah. I'm in. Ooh, spicy. Uh, Luke, in or out? Calling Drummond AD2. No, out. <laughs> He's number two. That's that's like part of the part of the the you know. The, okay, the, okay, yeah, it's a good one. Double there. It's a, it's a, no, this is dumb. No, There's no other AD other no. than AD. Yeah, this isn't got, like Arrested Development, one a, which would also be another form of AD with <laughs> Lucille one and Lucille two. We're not going there. Um, all right, Luke. In or out, here, here we go. I think this is where it's going to start getting contentious, yep. maybe. Yep. In or out, starting Andre Drummond tonight against the Bucks. We're recording on, this on a Wednesday morning, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, and this is his first game. Um, yes. I'm in on this. I'm in on this. In this, in this circumstance. In. I'm in also. Ooh, okay. I was not in. I'm in for, also. For the listeners, uh, we've, we've been kind of roasting John on Twitter because he has been completely out on having a, uh, 82. You just did it! <laughs> We need to shorten his name, though. Andre Drummond, that's too long of a thing to say every time. Okay, some people call him Dre. I've heard some people call him Drum. I like Drum. I don't think Mund would be very cool. Mund. <laughs> Mund. <laughs> All right. Amund. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if we should. Draymond. Draymond. <laughs> 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 all right um yeah 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 so yeah john we've been roasting john on twitter because he's he's been an advocate of not starting uh a mund um and 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 that, that that's interesting to see that in this case you're you're open to it. it's just because injuries and that kind of stuff or kind of the matchup yeah, what, what do you it, see in it's that? because marcus all is still gassed because of the yep. covid yep. which you called by the way very very good speculation <laughs> on your part and and very good um being like uh, a good person and not wanting to speculate on someone's health. And, uh, and then I'm like, yeah, oh, he's got COVID. <laughs> uh, so he's still gassed. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's trying to, you know, get his conditioning back. And sure. and we have, you know, AD and LeBron out. So in this case, I kind of want it like all hands on deck. Yeah. And we got Giannis coming up. So I kind of like the idea of a, of a big body mm-hmm. who's, who's rested and, and, and stuff, full yeah. energy. So, yep. Cool. Situational, but I'm in. Um, Luke, kind of on the same vein, in or out, uh, the Lakers should buy out Marcus Gasol. It's so unbelievably stupid. Out. Yeah. Unbelievably yeah, uh, of stupid. Course. Of course. Um, I'm out on this as well, but just a couple a couple things real quick on this one, because I do want to give Mark some love. I feel like Mark's been getting a lot of, a lot of slander on, on the TL lately. Teach the people. Um, Shams is reporting that Mark might be even like out of the lineup. Not just tonight, but just like generally speaking with the signing of Drummond. Mm. Vogel was pretty quick to say, no, 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 no. We're going to need all all three. He said all three of our centers, which is a weird way to put it. I think he means Mark, Montrez, and Mund. Uh, and I think he's, out of respect for AD's wishes, referring to him as a, as a four. <laughs> um, but th- this was a weird thing. I don't get how a player like Marcus Gasol could just be out of the lineup. Uh, and one little like quick stat that um, uh, Raj C at Unwritten Rules on on Twitter put up was it. He said Mark is the definition of people equating slow as ineffective. Players shoot four point seven percent worse on shots less than six feet against him, which leads the team. Nice. So yeah. point is, he's still a very effective player. It just doesn't always look like it because he's slow and he can't jump. Yeah, and he can shoot threes. He spaces the floor. He sets good screens. He's amazing passer still. 
And he's, I think he's also another guy that when the playoffs come, he's going to look a lot better than he does in the regular season. Not, yeah. not just because he's going to try harder, but just the pace of the game, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be such a, I don't know, who, who does that? Who's, yeah, who's so we, we, have, we have love we for Mark, Mark on this pod. This, there will be no slander of, of Marcus Gasol on this pod. No, only Danny Green. Yes. How dare he like shoot like 70% from three in his game like back against us. Oh I know, and then God. the at dagger least, three at least, at least, uh, at least Dwight got ejected, right? Like Dwight, <laughs> right, right. you know, gave the fans what they want. Danny Green, <laughs> man. All right. Um, Luke, how about this one? Uh, it, Brian Windhorst reported that the Lakers offered Schroeder $84 million over four years, and he declined it. There's no way. What, what is Windhorst doing? There's no way that we offered him $84 million and you say no. $21 million a year? You're going to say no to that when you're Schroeder's? caliber of player that's well he, that's high. here's my thing i i i actually wouldn't be super surprised if he did decline it but not in like a uh a, like an adversarial way but in like a hey if i'm worth 21 million dollars a year to you now just wait till we win a championship and i'm like mm-hmm. the third piece of that team mm-hmm. and maybe i can get a little more also he has said like i want to be with this team but i also do want to see what my other options are out in free yeah. agency right I, I do think there's a certain amount of agency that players want to have over their own lives. That's fair. Yeah. I in terms you. of getting, you know, it's like Le- LeBron, like we knew LeBron or sorry, Anthony Davis. We knew Anthony Davis mm-hmm. was going to come back, mm-hmm. but he wanted the opportunity to like breathe a, a, a breath of, of, you know, unsigned air, you know, and, no, and I get you. free agent air and, and be wooed a little bit. Yeah. And pitches a little bit, you know, I get it. I get it. But the weird thing about this though, is that, and, and, uh, Vinay Kalawala on Twitter was, was kind of pointing this out. They're like, Leaking this to Windhorse doesn't do anything good for any of these parties. Yeah. It just kind of like creates bad blood. So I don't know. Something about this whole report seems pretty weird. No one else reported it either. Like no one else came in and said like, (laughs) I'm also hearing this as well. It was Mm -hmm. just windy. So I don't know. That seems a little shaky in my opinion. I agree. Um, All right, Luke, couple, couple more here. Quick in or outs. Um, LeBron is recruiting Steph. This has been on the ESPN Chiron for the last 24 hours. Le- LeBron is recruiting every player he drafts yes. in the All-Star Thank game. you. Thank you. Yes, of course he is. Of course he is. He knows that Steph is extension eligible this, this offseason. Of course he knows that. He recruits everyone. Uh, <laughs> all right. And last one is... Oh, this is good. Luke, if Anthony Davis is Big Bird, that makes LeBron James snuffle up a guess. 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. I love it. Snuffy. <laughs> Who's Caruso? Oh, uh, one of Bert and Ernie. I don't know which one. <laughs> Hold on, let me Google them real quick, and I think the answer will be very clear. Uh, actually, I don't. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. I think he's one of Bert or Ernie. I just don't know which one. Oh no, no, Kuzma is. Swedish the chef. Tall, the taller one. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and Caruso is the, the... Kuzma is the tall yellow one, and Caruso is the shorter orange one. <laughs> <laughs> Rondo is Swedish chef, dishing out dimes. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that. Um, all right, so just a real quick recap on the team, and then we're going to get to the, the drum and debate. So um, we are currently 30 and 17. Uh, we're still fourth in the West. 
But we're yeah, only yeah. a game up on the Nuggets now. Couple good um, wins here. Yeah. Yeah, we were we're two and one since the last pod. We lost that game to the Sixers, and then we we beat the like, I mean, beating the Cavs when they were sitting Drummond so that they could then let him sign with us is, <laughs> seems awesome. a little like collusion. Um, and the Magic are hapless because, like you said, their GM made that team disappear. Mm. But we'll take the victories, yeah, and it helps us, you know, not slip too, you know, too fast in the standings. Exactly. Um, we talked about this. AD was reevaluated on Friday, and they mm-hmm. said he has progressed to quote increased volume and intensity in shooting, dribbling, and position specific drills. Quote uh, Vogel actually, you and I were like, well, wait a minute, are they not like evaluating him every day? Yeah. And Vogel basically said that he's like, of course we're evaluating him every day, but like, <laughs> you know, we come give updates on this less frequently than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We already said this, but uh, Marcus Gasol did have COVID. So I mean, I'm glad he's doing better. I hope mm-hmm. I hope his family's uh, doing all right. Mm-hmm. Um, you called it, um, and that's kind of where we where we st- oh we're still first in defensive rating somehow. I, I think ridiculous. that the yeah, we had those... two really low scoring games against the Cavs and the Magic. Neither one of those teams broke a hundred, so Dude, that probably that, helped. And that's also the only way we can win games, like. <laughs> just muddy them, muddy everything down. Serious. Like, um, imagine if we didn't have Trez on the lineup. Oh, this this team would be scoring like seventy five. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's 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 a little rough out there right now. So at least at least we have good uh, scoring threats, and we are bricking so many shots. So that leads us to the case for the Mund. Yeah. So let let's let's get into this. Um, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna have you make the case for. Mm-hmm. Andre, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the case against Andre, and then we'll talk about what we think his his role is going to be. Because I, I want to be clear, you are not 100% Andre and unaware of any of his blemishes, and I am not 100% out on Andre and unaware of any of his any of his good qualities. But I think this is interesting because I I don't know if a player has been as polarizing mm-hmm. on Lakers Twitter in a mm-hmm. long time than. Than he is right now, and I and I think Andre Drummond has been polarizing a good chunk of his career. Uh, you know, it's he's a two two time All Star. Um, whoa, whoa, don't start making your case. Oh, okay. Don't don't start, don't start making your case. You don't don't you don't get extra time. <laughs> Try to win Try this slide. thing. Try, Try to slide win in this there. thing. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's let's jump into it. So, Luke, what what is the case? <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> 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 All right, Luke. So, what is the case for Andre Drummond? <laughs> you cut me off. You didn't have anything else to say. All right. All right. Now that you've set the table, I'm going to sit down, un- unveil my napkin, and get ready to eat. All right. Dre, Dre is only 27 years old. That's, I think that's the most important point, especially when you're talking about Lamarcus Aldridge. shocked in me. Comparison. It, it this is shocked shocking. me, by the it way. He's he's, I, think he's, I think this is his ninth. Season in the NBA. Same draft class as Anthony Davis. Yeah, bizarre. Okay, anyways. I'm going to save some of the, the fit things that, that I think are very important to the case argument for when we're talking about fit. So let's just talk about him in more of a vacuum. Um, he's enormous. He's a giant human yes. being. Yes. He, he combines um, some foot speed that AD has with just some sheer size mm-hmm. and, you know, penguin-like mass. <laughs> is that his nickname? There's a, 
there was a photo of him uh uh like in practice yesterday where I swear his leg, like his quad area, has as much girth as Dennis Schroeder's like torso. <laughs> I mean I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't it doubt was it. unbelievable. Like I just was like, oh my God, this is an enormous human. When you're when you're so so large that huge human beings that you look large in comparison to huge human beings. Like that's mm-hmm. when you know that you're a really, really, really big guy. Seriously. And so we needed more of that. We needed, and he's, and he's swift footed. I feel like that's an important part of this whole, some of his offensive problems, notwithstanding, I think that he, he has got fast feet and he's huge. And I think that those two things are the reason why he becomes arguably the greatest rebounder in the world right now. A, that's a big statement. I know, but like he's he's got some stuff to to back this up. He's uh, led the NBA in second chance points five times. Led the NBA in offensive rebounds seven seasons in a row. I think offensive rebounds are like a better indicator of rebounding prowess than defensive rebounds. It'll just like look at West Russell Westbrook or or somebody that gets a lot of defensive rebounds because they're trying to get him to start the break. Yep. Um, he's, and their teammates know to clear out and let them get the defensive rebound. Exactly. He has the <laughs> highest rebounding percentage in NBA history, 24.6%. Seventh uh, career rebounding per game in NBA history. And he's, the, again, going to his um, swift-footedness, he also has fast hands. He's, he has led centers in steals for the past four years. So this guy... He's, you know, he, he's, he gets you over a block a game. He's averaging 17.5 points, 13.5 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.6 steals, and 1.2 blocks per game. That's a pretty insane stat line just on its own. I understand that we'll dig into the points, but I don't think that's, that's not really why he's here. Um, I know we're trying to say fit for later, but the things that I would really want to highlight would be boards, steals, and blocks. That's what Vogel wants. Vogel needed a big man center. And then my biggest most important point is that look at what frank vogel did for roy hibbert mm. Mm. now consider wow. andre drummond this isn't even on the agenda you're 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 you're, you're surprising me here luke i i have to throw in at least one <laughs> wild card and so dre dre has always almost always been the centerpiece of every team he's played on i think the only time he's played with an all-star was blake griffin yep you have that in the notes um, and that was after he got traded from the Clippers. So it wasn't quite, it was unhappy Blake Griffin. Not to yeah. say that that wasn't a good team, but it wasn't a great team. Um, so he'll be able to do less. He'll have less focus on scoring with this Lakers team. And um, I think people downplay the importance of rebounds in the playoffs. So okay. that's, that's, my, that's my setting the table, taking a bite. I pass, I pass the, uh, the torch to you, sir. The, de- the defend the defense rests. Yeah, I guess we're doing this in the wrong order. I should have started as the prosecutor, but whatever. Eh, I said nobody agenda, likes so. Um, <laughs> no, nobody wants to start with the negatives. On <laughs> Give me hyped. This guy's gonna add something to the Lakers. Like I think we're in agreement on that. Like, yes, like I said, I'm in on yeah. signing him. I'm in on signing him. So look, here's here's what I here is all this, the stuff I'm hearing against him. Okay, mm-hmm. and some of this I found myself. Um, but here's like the the overall theme. Yeah, he is a high usage, highly inefficient offensive player. Like that's what it really kind of all boils down to. And I'll caveat this with: 
and he doesn't actually live up to his defensive like mm-hmm. hype. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me let me throw some stats at you. So um our boy at the athletic, Jovan Buha, has some great ones. So I want to I want to make sure to give him credit for these. But um amongst sort of players with enough attempts, um, he's the second least efficient post-up player in the NBA ahead of only Russell Westbrook with a points per possession of 0.8. Wow. So the problem here is that he likes to post up mm-hmm. and he is one of the worst post up players in the NBA. Okay. So again, I'm not saying that, no. that that can't be solved. Right. Right. But you, we have, we have had experience in the past with a center who really wanted to get posted up, who shouldn't be posted up. Right. And, and so that's, that's a, that's a, yep. a, a red flag in my mind. Okay. Yeah, and sure. just for, for the record, LeBron and AD are fifth and sixth, respectively, in that, in terms of, in terms of post-up efficiency. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is why him arguing to post-up is unacceptable on this team. Yes, I agree. Right? I agree. Um, unless it's like a weird thing where he just gets the ball in the post and, and, and whatever. But I'm saying like running a, a play for him in that way is not okay. Not going to be okay. Um, of players with at least 50 put-back attempts, uh, he ranks 29th out of 32 players in points per possession. And he ranks 54th out of 59 players in points per possession off of plays off of cuts. So here's the case I'm kind of making, right? I think a lot of people are like, oh, you guys just remembered that clip where he froze on the perimeter for 10 whole (laughs) seconds and then threw up that goofy loop hook shot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. It's not just that he is bad at creating from the perimeter. It's also that he's actually like not very good right around the basket <laughs> at putting the ball in the net, yeah. which is kind of weird because of how big he is and how close to the net he usually is. Um, he is shooting a career low from two, 47%. <laughs> Again, just to like echo this point. And great news, he's shooting a career-high 59% from the free-throw line. So get ready for Hackamund. And, 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 and you gave me this one. He's, he scores 30% on drives to the basket. Okay? Yep. So the, the point is it doesn't matter where he initiates – the play, whether it's right <laughs> under the basket or the perimeter, he really has a hard time putting the ball in the hoop. Um, let me keep going because I, I can give you more. There are 53 players in the NBA this season who have attempted more than 200 shots from inside five feet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amongst them, Andre Drummond is dead last in field goal percentage at 50.3%. It's literally a coin flip when this guy lays it up, whether or not it's going to go in. Okay. LeBron, for, for reference, is second. And <laughs> he scores 73.6% of the time. Davis doesn't qualify because he's only attempted 122 shots, but he'd actually be second at 73.8%. So Braun and Davis, again, are second and third. So when we think about this guy, I hear people using phrases like third option, fourth option. That mm-hmm. refers to offense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys are obviously one and two because in every one of these categories, they're better at Drummond than the thing he should be good at as a center. Yes. 
Yes. Right. And right. and then we also have other players who are good at things. Um, I'm, I'm almost I'm almost done here. I'm coming no, keep to close. Going, keep he also clogs the paint. All right. Mm-hmm. So this season, ninety five percent of his shots come from within ten feet of the basket. And as I've just established, mm-hmm. he misses about half of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also only attempts point two three point shots per game. And this season, he's zero of eight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, zero ability to stretch the floor, zero interest in doing it. Um, and then lastly, he actually isn't a great defender. Um, this season, opposing teams are actually plus three per 100 points per possession when Dre is on the court compared to when he's off the court. Mm-hmm. The Cavs are a better defensive team when he is off the court. And get this, in his best, arguably best defensive season, 2018-19, in which he actually led the league in defensive win share, which should mm-hmm. tell you that defensive win share is a pretty garbage stat. Hmm. Opposing teams were plus 0.6 better when he was on the court. In the season when he was, like, by some metric, one of the better defenders in the league, mm-hmm. his team was actually better with him off the court. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that 0.6 that he, that he had in his very best defensive season ever that's the same as Marcus all this season. I rest my case. Very good case. Very good case. Well, would you like to counter any of those points just before yes. we get into fit? Yes. Because I got to resp- I got to respond to you. So I want to I want to give you a chance. I did cut you off so rudely earlier. <laughs> well, okay. My number one point, and this is going to be very basic. And it's not something that really ties in with sets too much. Did he care? Was he trying? It's a, it's a great point. And I think, I think the argument in your, in, your, in your case there is that his own post when he joined the team was back to work. <laughs> I, know. I know. Way to tip your hand, bro. <laughs> Time to give a shit. Yep. Yep. Um, so... That's that's my number one counterpoint, and it, it's not very robust with stats, but I think it's robust with human nature. Um, another thing that I was trying to look up and not doing a great job on was um, his assisted field goal percentage. So I think that his greatest problem is creating his own shot. Um, in the same, uh, yeah, there are yeah. some highlights that would definitely agree with that. Yeah, and I think that I think that that's kind of, especially the the stat that I gave you, and I I, I planted this in your defense to be able to specifically highlight it because I'm a cutthroat. <laughs> um, your thirty. Let me find, let me, I'll I'll find you the assisted number okay, real quick. Okay, um, the thirty percent on drives to the basket, I think, is a really telling, important figure because that is his biggest, most glaring. Like that's awful, and I think that that means. You know, you give that, you give the ball to him on the perimeter and say, go get to the hoop. He's been asked to do that and he's been tasked to, to do that. His he entire should not career. be doing. And I don't think that's who he is. Yeah. That's not who he is. So that, that's, the, that's the rub with him. And I think the reason why we've been able to get him at a buyout price is that people were expecting him to play like Anthony Davis when he's more like how, I don't know, kind of how Dwight Howard was for us last year. And I think that he's going to fill that role in a very nice way. Yeah, he's not quite the jumper that Dwight is, but he's, he's just bigger. as big, he's bigger. if not thicker than Dwight. Yeah. I mean, 
like there there he's going to give us some of that the the biggest thing is that i'm worried about is um iq whether or not these bad habits are going to stick and you, you know and the third thing and this is a point for your end is it's a contract mm. year for him now is he going to be okay with not scoring I think he will be because I think that the best thing you can do for a contract year is to yes, win a freaking yes. championship. Yeah, I agree. But still, I, I could see there being a temptation in the same way that Dwight in his first round with the Lakers had that temptation to want to work the post and be the focal point of an offense. But when you're playing with LeBron, I guess that's my other point, is his role, now that we can dovetail into this, his role, I already brought a Vogel with what he did for Roy Hibbert and the way that he made... Um, Dwight and JaVale look last year when I think that I think it is kind of clear that I think he got the best yes. out of both of those players and number two his role on his previous teams think about the think about the Cavs this year they basically started four centers mixed, let's see if I can remember Jared Allen, Jared Allen JaVale McGee Larry Nance Jr. and Drummond they were all starting at one point that's an that's an insane sample to I draw mean, from for this look, team. Sexland was 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 pretty good, okay? So Yeah, no, of course, but as as Sexland like a group that's like going to be setting the table for not you or probably, I think that's a group that wants probably to go not. eat Some, theirs, Eventually, you know? yes. I, I think this will be one of those things yeah, where like eventually, you, know, you might yeah, look back so. on it and be like, "Oh, we guys. played with All-Stars this last year in Cleveland, but they weren't All-Stars this this mm-hmm. year." So that's that's a fair point. Um, he was assisted on about yeah. half of all of his shots. It's it's not that different. For, almost all of his shots okay. are like within okay. ten or fifteen feet. So, um, they were almost they were mm-hmm. about fifty percent assisted. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like it's going to be like eighty or ninety percent assisted. Probably. The, the, the Lakers, one that the, the, the thing here, honestly, that's most worrying for me is the putbacks. Because if you're getting all these yeah, offensive yeah, rebounds, no, I get you. Like it shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. Like if you're this really dominant rebounder, like I would like for you to be able to put the ball back in the basket. It's I, I um the thing that rings in my mind is that Vogel says about Montrez, he catches everything and he finishes everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I have mm-hmm. sort of come to believe about Drummond is that he catches everything and finishes it about half the time. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. like a concern for mm-hmm. me is if Drummond right. is taking away offensive boards from Trez or Kuzma. But finishing, but putting them back at a mm-hmm. worse rate, then like that's not a great thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think that those two things go hand in hand. When you miss a bunch of shots by the rim, then you get another putback. So like, if every time it takes you <laughs> twice to score the same, but you get the rebound twice, then it's the same net effect, but you get so you more rebounds. He's padding his rebound stats by bouncing the basketball off the backboard real quick. And I don't think it's intentional, but yes, but yes, I think he is. I don't think it's intentional, but I think it's, I think it's one of those things like when you're that big and you trust that you can get the board again, then you just kind of chuck it, you know, like, like I think okay. that there's a mentality of it. Like, a tip is a tip. It's like more of a volleyball play because you know you're going to be able to go get it on the other side. <laughs> Look, I think, so like that hurts efficiency. I think that the other piece rebounds. about this is the, is the free throw shooting. Yeah, of course. Big deal. Means he can't, can't close. That means he can't close. Yeah. So we that know he that he's not going to be, the, which yeah. honestly, like he shouldn't be in the closing lineup. Anthony Davis should be our center in the closing lineup in playoff no, games. Like, so there's that. 100%. Um, yeah. uh, I'm a little nervous about if we're playing, um, I will see tonight. I think tonight will actually be an interesting look at this. I'm worried that there are mm-hmm. a lot of like 
bigs that we could come up against in the in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, wh- whether it's um, Jokic in the West or whether we run into um, Giannis in the finals or or Embiid in the finals. I'm worried that with those kind of mm-hmm. guys, or or even if you've got KD kind of playing at the five, if we run into the Nets, like mm-hmm. or or Blake, I'm worried that those guys are going to get him in foul trouble because he does like to mm-hmm. to try to like steal the ball a lot, which which he's good at. But Vogel even said he's like, yeah, yeah I got a ton of steals in practice today. The second part of that sentence that wasn't very reported was some of them were probably fouls, but we just let him go. Yeah, totally, totally. No, and it, that is a great point. But I think jumping off that point, especially Brooklyn is a great example. I don't think that, I think that we start small against a team like Brooklyn. And then they have um, uh, DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench. And so when we played Brooklyn, we had Harold yeah, against bad. DeAndre Jordan in the second unit. Yeah. And he just destroyed us. Now we don't have to do that. But like a team like the Suns or something like that, then it's probably Harrell yeah. who's our backup five. So you know, and maybe Drummond's playing is starting that game. I don't know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that he he gives us he gives us that flexibility because some teams have got really big backup fives and we have folded against that pressure. The Clippers did this to us too. Is they they move, they switch Zubats and Vogel doesn't like changing yeah, lineups yeah. in the regular season. <laughs> yep. So we took the L. Like we might have won that game. If, if Magic hadn't uh, traded if Zubats for get, Mike Muscala. <laughs> yeah, one of the worst one of the worst trades um, in recent memory. I know. And it's so marginal. It's such a know, marginal trade. It just, just wasn't dang. necessary. That was the thing. It was just dumb. No, I know. Um Mike Muscala no. is not a win so, now move. I just want—I want to give you a couple quotes, some things I've read that kind of relate to his role on the team. Um, so Vogel mm-hmm. talked about Drummond's value as a screener, roller, and offensive rebounder when asked about kind of his offense. I think that is the perfect answer. I think if if Drummond mm, is great, primarily a screener, roller, and offensive rebounder, who then unless he has like a clear dunk, like dishes it back out, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think if he mm-hmm. can if he can be happy yeah. with that role, then I'm very very in on having mm-hmm. Andre Drummond even be the starter. I still think that that with the oh. with our full squad with AD and Braun, I still think I would rather have Mark just because he doesn't clog the paint. And all last season, how frustrating was you. it when Javale would like just like be in the middle of the the like right under the basket and like in Anthony Davis's way and like all, like we've seen mm-hmm. that and it's frustrating. So I'm still not. I'm still totally. on Marcus All Island, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, 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 I think in most cases I'm with you too. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what rebounds do for this team. If we can get two or three shots at every basket, I think that our shooters get into better rhythm. I think KCP might not have to run around as much. <laughs> Wait, might not be Luke, as tired. In or out? I, I don't know. I think Is Marcus All yeah. Island Ibiza? Hmm. Marcus Hall Island is definitely yeah. a party. I, I think it's I, I think that's what it is. So you gotta we gotta bring the music back eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring the music back. <laughs> the venues are shut down because of COVID. No, I don't think the party ever stopped there. <laughs> um a couple other things. Uh, Drummond said he was happy to take the bumps and yeah. bruises for AD, who obviously would rather play the four. I think mm-hmm. this is great. Um 
I also mentioned, you know, this thing about Vogel said, quote, he had a million steals in one practice. Uh, he has exceptional hands in pick and roll defense, post defense, pressuring bigs that are trying to facilitate from the top of the key. And I think that's going to be a real strength of what he brings to the table defensively for us. Cool. And that's, that's Jokic, right? Yeah. Pressuring bigs that are trying yeah. to facilitate yeah, from sure. the top of the key. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. One of the Kaminsky brothers, I don't remember which one, made a really great point, which was Drummond could mm-hmm. matter much more for the next 10 to 15 games, helping mitigate the slide and the standings until LeBron and AD return. I'm like very, very in on this idea, which is that we really mm-hmm. could use him right now because we, like you're, to your point, if, if Trez can't get it going, we like might not score 80 points in a basketball game. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. So I, I, I love this idea, but I guess my, my question for you is we, we've been kind of like, I think blending playoffs and the team now and all this kind of stuff. Let's think mm-hmm. about future last 10 games of the season, hopefully mm-hmm. and playoffs when AD and Braun are back, then what? Then how do you see his role? Kind of, what do you see his role for those last ten games? And then what do you see his role being throughout the playoffs? I think for the last ten games, I do think he gets a good amount of burn with uh, AD and LeBron, at least with AD. So I think that they're going to want to see how those two work together, just like yeah. you're saying, take the bumps and bruises, see if AD can be more of a floor spacer, rest him a little bit, and then also um, explore the, you know, maybe like a strong side pick and roll with um, Drummond and uh, Schroeder, say for example, with yeah. AD on the weak side. Be cool. Playing more of a traditional power forward kind of role. Um, it, I think that one of the the... The biggest thing that we have in terms of opportunities for the next 15, 15 games or so is to get um, reps with Drummond as the screen setter for our primary ball handlers. I don't think that Drummond and LeBron pick and rolls are going to be as dynamic as 100%. Drummond and Schroeder yeah. pick and rolls. Like you're saying, leg the size of Schroeder's torso, that's going to be very different players yep. and it's going to be hard to switch. So if we can force those kind of awkward and that that's like a timing thing too, right? You got to, you got to figure out how to actually time that stuff out. So, and we're running more pick and rolls as a team through this uh, kind of dead time where we need to generate offense and, you know, it's like THT and, and um, Harold, like that's been something we've been advocating (laughs) from the beginning of the season. We're seeing more high pick and roll with the two of them. So yeah, I'm excited for that longer term. I think that he goes down to a 15, 20 minute per game type of guy, might nominally start, but never finish. Kind of potentially take the role that uh, JaVale had, but I I would see more of a mixture between JaVale and Dwight where starts some nights, plays at the bench some others, depends on lineups, maybe gets iced some games even. Um, But rebounds are more important than people think. They They don't seem that important in the regular season, but when... It's game seven, and your life depends on an extra shot. That's when you yeah, want a guy I, I like Drummond the, out there. I think that what you just said about sort of him taking the combined role of JaVale and Dwight is exactly where my mind has been going. Which is cool. like, yep. you know, was JaVale really like a starting caliber center last season in the NBA? Like, probably not. But it just... it. Like it didn't hurt the team that much to have him out there in the starting lineup, and it he felt good about it. And during the regular season, he you know mm-hmm. it was good. It was it was worthwhile. But then we got to the playoffs. We re, you know Vogel knew like this isn't going to hold up, right? Like 
JaVale is not going to be able to last for more than stretches mm-hmm. of a couple minutes. And, mm-hmm. but Dwight, on the other hand, who's a lot more seasoned sort of playoff player and, and has been a higher impact playoff player, mm-hmm. obviously, than JaVale, was able to kind of grow his role a little bit in the right matchup. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm foreseeing is like, Maybe he'll start, but it'll be matchup dependent, and it'll it'll the the minutes will mm-hmm. probably shrink. The other guy I want to get your opinion on, though, real quick, is Markeith. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of the lost player mm-hmm. in all of this. He seems real jazzed to have um, Andre back because, funny enough, he and KCP and Drummond all played together in Detroit, which is hilarious. Um, oh, cool! Oh, yeah, you're but, right. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like. Keefe started games at center for us in the playoffs last season. Keefe was in closing lineups for mm-hmm. us in in finals games and, and in, in the playoffs. But we're all mm-hmm. we're only really talking about Mark Mark Keefe, uh, uh, Drummond, and AD. We kind of keep mm-hmm. forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say Keefe? I meant Trez. Mon- sorry, Montrez, Andre, yeah, Trez, yeah. Mark, and Anthony Davis. We, we're kind of forgetting about Keefe and this whole thing. So where do where do you yeah. see him kind of shaking out in this whole thing? Yeah. Um, I yeah. see him not playing that much. Do you think that continues Most in the likely. playoffs? Or do you think in the playoffs um, they yeah. they play him matchup dependent? I think that yeah, I think he I think he sneaks back in in the playoffs a little bit more um, because yeah, then he he allows us to have a nominal four or five with um, AD in a in a more of a floor spacing faster kind of way, but it's still somebody that's stout and strong. Um, yeah, yeah, I, he's he's kind of. Um, yeah, he's he's kind yeah. of the god man out here, and and I do kind of feel bad in that respect. But I still think he'll I mean, get let some me, burn. Let me put this um, to you. Yeah, let's think about a net series mm-hmm. where, except for DeAndre mm-hmm. coming off the bench, they've got a ton of mm-hmm. shooting, a lot of perimeter stuff going on, and no real interior presence. Right, having a guy like Keith who can spread the floor for us and has proven that he can hit threes in the playoffs, right? If he, if he's, if he's in the, if he's in rhythm, Yep. but who like, to your point can also still be stout in the, in the interior if he needs to against not enormous, not enormous yep. human beings, right. but you know, wings and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, he's, he's good. Good. So I could see him in those exactly. kind of roles. I think my hope is, and it, and it seems like Vogel and Polinka are really good at this, that he just won't get alienated in the meantime. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. I mean, for now, obviously, we're going to need all hands on deck to to get through these next couple weeks. But Of course. Totally. And I just want to throw one more thing out for our listeners in terms of a a situation that is very exciting. Game is on the line. You have 10 seconds left. The other team's at the free throw line. And you get to sub out players Mm. for that one rebound. And that one rebound is potentially what will decide the game. We now get to have AD, LeBron, and Drummond <laughs> going for that rebound. And Schroeder crashing from the from the perimeter. And, and AC crashing. crashing. Exactly. You have you have a speed guy you know? coming for the Yep. It's it's pretty pretty solid. And also like think about think about how often people um, blitz LeBron full court to try and wear out his legs. Now you have Drummond that'll set the screen as soon as he comes out of the, the out of bounds so like that's a lot more daunting and that's still then that allows AD to run down to the other side for the lob 
the full court lob because whenever you're pressing, right. it quarterback, opens up lob quarterback snuffleupagus. So there are just new ways. Toss that thing up to Big Bird. Exactly, dude. There, there's. I'm just, I'm just trying to say there are new ways for us to punish teams for doing things that they do all cool. the time against us. I love that. I'm excited. Well, thanks, Luke. I mean, I think you know. To be honest, we, as much as we start this show with in or out, like. I don't think like we're both in on this guy and I, I don't think I want to present this as like mm-hmm. Laker fans have to either be all the way in or all the way out on him. I think you can be happy that he's on the team, but also curious about what the role is going to be for him and have some concern that if, if he isn't willing to, to fit into the role, that's going to be best for this team, that that could create issues, but also have open faith that we've got like totally. great coaching and that he's a pro and that he's excited mm-hmm. to be here. He chose to come here, mm-hmm. and hopefully the, the team was honest with him about what his role would be, and that he didn't mm-hmm. sign with the Celtics. So, <laughs> yep, exactly. And and also think about what Vogel and Braun have done for centers in their careers. It's you know Valanciunas. There there are plenty of players that I think have benefited from the halo effect of playing with LeBron James as the ball handler and they're the center everything from lobs to the old pocket passes and and I mean, we have Harold too so that interior passing could be really cool and again if Drummond misses a bunny Harold should be on the other side of the rim ready to clean it up so yeah a lot to watch a lot to be nervous about he is still a buyout guy but I think that in terms of value for output um, in terms of like money and salary gap and all that kind of stuff, we couldn't have asked for a better situation to Absolutely. get a former All Star. Absolutely, added to this team Absolutely. For I'd nothing. much rather him than Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> Yo, God, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. Um, I want to thank all of our followers and thank you again to the Basketball Podcast Network for welcoming us to the network. Um, please check out their pods and subscribe to our pod on Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on social media at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. You can find all Welcome of our links Welcome to the there. Lake Show, Mund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, See ya. All right, man. Talk soon. See ya.